Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Hooligan Report. I'm your host as always, SM, and with me tonight, as always, I have Cookson along. We're into episode 12, which yeah. you playing at home means the first substitute appearance. <laughs> and for the first time, we have Cooldit appearing. Yes, uh, guest appearance, I'd say, but yeah. Guest appearance. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do tonight, yeah. Yeah. You're gonna be in like my essence. My essence gonna be terrible. Uh, we'll have to make do, and, and cool it. I promise you, I'll try to keep my fabrications to a minimum, so hopefully everything can <laughs> run along smoothly. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll review the man games from the weekend that would have uh, caught people's eye, and I think we'll start with the obvious one, which we'll talk about them in detail a bit later, but United, still without a win, one point from the first two games under Louis van Gaal. Um, cool dude, how have you seen their start? Um, well, basically, if you look at the fixtures, you would think... The first six games would be where you think they'll get most of the points from because it's an easy start. It's comparatively easy start to most of the other sides, but they haven't looked good. Whether it's the system or whether it's the players, I think they're fit. They look fit, but they just don't seem to. Well, they they've been unlucky with injuries in terms of the midfield. Huera's out, and they have to play those two in the middle as Fletcher and. Uh, Cleverly, that's right. I, I've forgotten about them because I don't care about them. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, and they just haven't hit the ground running. Like Matar and Rooney and Van Persie, well, Van Persie's in this week. They they don't look like they can strike up any sorts of understanding and up front. So they don't look threatening going forward that much. And at the back, they're making mistakes. So that's not really a good combination. I mean, yeah. I mean, how do you think? How do you see it, Cookson? Pretty much precisely the same. I mean. The players are still getting used to three-five-two. I mean, our best defender is what well, Jones is all good. Blackett's probably been one of our best players. He looked very impressive and calm. But yeah, it's midfield. I mean, cleverly has somehow managed to enter having minus confidence. <laughs> he's he must be so great much. in training. He must be great in training. Really. He keeps he's, getting picked. All he does is like nothing. He, he passes the ball except. He's not doing it with any, it's not passing it forward, it's like, he just panics, it's like, dude, you need Sideways. to calm Sideways. Yep. And Fletcher, like, I love Fletch, that he is good work rate and everything, but that illness probably has taken literally everything out of him. Do we see it as in any way a positive for Sunderland? I mean, obviously they managed to get a draw against United. I mean, everyone's focused on how bad United's going, but it's also a pretty good point for Sunderland, you'd have to say. Yeah, it would have to be a pretty good point because they look... Well, Gus Poyet has always organised his Sunderland side pretty well. They, they look the units. They, they look compact at times, but the back four doesn't look that great, to be honest. I mean, you have two, two really old dudes at central, central defence. And the left back, uh, I can't pronounce his name, but he hasn't looked, he wasn't very good for the first goal, to be honest. Uh, he just let Valencia cut on his right. That's the only thing Valencia ever does. And you let him do that, which wasn't quite that, wasn't impressive, but they were good in midfield. I thought they, well, anyone looks good in midfield against Cleverly and Fletcher. So, and they drove a lot up forward. I thought Wickham had a pretty impressive game. He, he seems to play well against the big teams, Wickham. Yeah, but, he does. I mean, he scored quite a few goals late on in the season. It was against City and Chelsea. Yeah, he was impressive. He was impressive. I thought he should have scored. I, I thought he missed a few chances. And, yeah, they, they looked the striker short, though. Like, last season, they had Barini up there. 
but they look like they were missing a little bit of quality in the box. They have some that that Fletcher there, who who's a good player, he's a good finisher, but he doesn't do anything else, which is a, a big problem. Anything else on the finish. So they really need to buy the striker that they want. I hope they buy Barini off us, but apparently that's <laughs> off <laughs> the table. A lot of so. Liverpool supporters want them to buy Barini at that price. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Please, please, please. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think, I think Gus Poets had them good enough as a unit that they mightn't go down. But I don't think, I don't think, I don't think it'll be, they'll be clearly away from the zone. I think they'll just stay up. Um, another side that looks to be in quite a bit of trouble already is QPR, who went down 4-0 to Spurs on the weekend. Um, do we put that down more to Spurs' brilliance under Pochettino already, or QPR being woeful, or a combination of both? Uh, maybe you start with Cookson. Probably a combination of both, really. I mean, Tottenham do have quite a good array of talents, which have been utilised correctly, instead of by Sherwood. I mean, Ericsson started out pretty well. I really like the look of Lamella, I've got to say, this season. I mean, he had a great pre-season, and there's a lot of talk about the fact that Pochettino quite likes him and rates him, and he hasn't disappointed so far. He's under a manager where he can trust and know what's going on, where he can live up to his promise that he showed at Roma, compared to, again, Sherwood, who really was probably a rambling drunk, let's be honest. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, QPR's just it's looking a bit bad so far, but, again, you never know. I mean, yeah, we probably I mean, said we'll that Crystal Palace. I mean, well, you, you have word that Redknapp's being offered a new deal, though, so <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, they can't rely on a, a new manager coming in to save them. Well, the problem is with the signings, I think. I think Redknapp has shown he can keep sides up. He has always done it. And, but they have a dad's army in defence. I mean, Richard Dunn's finished. Real Ferdinand looks finished. They, they're just so slow. And the midfield as well is just completely... It's a shambles. They do nothing. Joey Barton probably still thinks he is one of the best central midfielders in England, but he he, he can't do it. He just he does not track back. And his free kicks the, are pretty pretty dreadful, I must say. From last yeah, weekend, yeah. He prides himself on set pieces. Well, he prides himself on anything, but <laughs> he just doesn't. He's not delivering to what he thinks he can. And up for up front, they're kind of playing Jordan Much in the middle, second striker to run. To Rami, which is a little bit strange. I thought he, I, I have not seen him an extensive amount. I thought he was better out, out right, wide right for Cardiff last season. So they, they kind of play him central behind Rami, and that didn't that that didn't seem to work out. They don't have the width, and Rami looks like he doesn't really want to be there. Like Rami, n- no, yeah. I mean, he no started the, the game against us pretty well, but he dropped off in that. And I mean, obviously, I was watching. Watching our game, which was on at the same time as this, so I didn't see a whole lot of it. But yeah, so you're saying he just doesn't really look that interested? Well, I think it looks, well, no pun intended, it looks like a man with a broken heart. Like, <laughs> like he's playing like he should have gotten his big move, but he's still there. Isn't, is not like, I'm sure he's trying, he's getting no support, but he just doesn't look the player he was last season. He was far more lively last season than this. But then, but then again, they, QPR gave him no support. In midfield or anywhere, yeah. so it's a little bit difficult to tell, but Spurs were really impressive. Yeah. Um, we might move on from that, and we'll just quickly talk about, as I've just mentioned, um, Hull's game, which is on at the same time. And the only reason I want to bring this up, other than, of course, the fact that I'm the host and I get to talk about my team, is, <laughs> um, is the controversial Stoke equaliser. Um, I don't know if either of you have seen it, but um, 
basically the ball came out off a Spurs player uh, and the linesman gave Spurs the throw-in, despite the fact that everyone in the stadium knew that it was a whole city throw-in, uh, and it directly led to their goal. Um, Steve Bruce suggested um, perhaps bringing in um, uh, some sort of technology in relation to those sorts of decisions in the same way that play can go on from a goal and then it can come back if the ball's crossed the line, the ref knows, and it's given as a goal. Uh, in this sort of situation, it takes the fourth official five, ten seconds to look at a replay on a screen, you know, say something in the ear to the, to the ref on the pitch, and we get the right, correct decision. Um, he also then said, you know, who knows, maybe that's too much technology in the game. Do you guys see that sort of thing as having any potential? I mean, once upon a time, we might have said no to even just having goal line technology, which we've now got. Do you see any future for that in the game or, or just a bit over the top? It probably will happen soon. I mean, it must have been fairly controversial considering you said a Spurs player, so they came from London. Throw in. <laughs> Did I say a Spurs? Oh, sorry, a Stoke yes, player. You... I'm sorry. We'll just talk no difference. They're all mid-table clubs. Yeah, mm-hmm. mid-table clubs, exactly. <laughs> very, very hard for Tottenham player to enter a game of football <laughs> and not playing and get a pro. So well, half our team is Spurs players. I get confused, you know. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, well, with technology, it probably should have happened a long time ago, let's face it, but FIFA or UEFA is quite primitive in terms of how they want to move the, the sport forward. They finally get goal line technology, and that I think that, that came in for the second goal, didn't it? For, it did, yes. Yeah. Um, so that, that worked, and so I, I hope you'll see more of it happening. Well, actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because it didn't actually work. Um, apparently, from all reports, didn't, the refs, didn't go over, did the refs, no, well, it did go over, but the refs' watch yeah. didn't actually go off, and the goal was only given by the linesman. And I have no complaints; it was a goal. It went over the line. That's fine. But it was just kind of funny that in the end, the uh, the watch that the ref had didn't didn't signal that it was a goal. Oh uh, well, they're refs; they can do whatever they want. <laughs> and they make they just pull stuff out of the butt. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what, guess, what do you think about the sending off? Oh, the sending off was fine. I have no issues with that. Um, really? I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what he sent him up for. Basically, I mean, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, and I do agree. I think it was on the softer side because yeah. basically Chester goes in with a standing tackle. The player runs into him, but Chester's basically denying a goal-scoring opportunity. And yeah, that's what I thought he sent him up for. It comes it was down the last to the interpretation man. of whether the striker's running into the defender. Because you know how, like, if the defender just stands there, he can't give away a foul if the striker then runs into him. Um, so, I mean, look, watching it live, I thought it was going to be a yellow card, but then as the ref went over to him and there was a lot of chanting to send him off, I kind of thought, oh, you know, he's going to get sent off for this. Um, but, I, you know, I mean, I can't really have any complaints with it. Mm, I don't know. I thought it was a booking. I thought it was a booking, but it was a bit harsh for Red if you're sending off the last man. Yeah. The, the nine goal scoring opportunity. I don't, I don't think he even controlled the ball yet. So how can you say he's going to score? Well, exactly. Ah, uh, whatever. We can but, move um, on. No, it was a great start to the game though. Um, talking about the three-five-two system with United, we looked very impressive early on against Stoke. And of course, as you'd know, cool dude, I was quite impressed <laughs> with how we started the game. I think I used the word dominating, uh, which of course. Didn't I did not watch it. the game. I, I, I don't plan to ever watch the game. I did not watch the game. I'll take your word for it. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how we go, we'll see how we go uh, in a couple of games' time. Uh, we'll move on from there to talk about another side that gave up a lead, and that was Everton, who were up 2-0 against <laughs> Arsenal, and gave up a two-goal lead in the last ten minutes to draw with Arsenal. Um, were, Arsenal were Arsenal that good with, in terms of in the last ten minutes? Do, do we see Arsenal as kind of sw- flicking a switch, or maybe Everton running out of legs? 
It's before Christmas, so Arsenal will always look good, remember. Yes. Um, this January was really impressive. It's a bit concerning, though, to be honest, if you're an Arsenal supporter, that they could be potentially without any points. They only got a... Well, I suppose, actually, no. They got a late winner against Palace, but they would have got a point out of that, and then two late goals against Everton. But um, worrying signs, I suppose, especially with Giroud out now. So who's well, up yeah. Sonongo. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you go. Sorry, Sonongo. Sonongo's up front now. Yeah, I mean, is that their only option? That's to me interesting to see how they go against best kick tass in the second leg. <laughs> with uh, basically would... no strikers. How much would you love it if they go out so you can give Croy 14 a lot of shit? Oh, mate. He's just been telling me this afternoon how much <laughs> shit I'm going to get if we get knocked out in our, um, in our qualifier Friday morning. But if they go out before us... He's not going to want anything to do with this podcast for a long time. But you wrote it, Lee. Who cares? <laughs> Just like Man United, Lee Cup. Who cares? Yeah, Lee Cup. Exactly. You know they're going to go for fourth. They've taken. They've taken the Arsenal mantra. <laughs> Everton fans weren't so happy when, because, well, Everton, the Evertonians will find anything to whinge about. But they were that they, they were not happy for the past two games because they have a tendency. They will just dominate the play for 80 minutes, and then Martinez will pull them back. They'll sit really deep, and they'll try to defend the lead, which is they're not happy with this because the great man David Moyes did this when he was there. He will be he'll be he'll be up two 0 uh, and then he'll pull them back, uh, and then yeah, Moyes he is the great man, and then you concede. <laughs> yeah, they'll concede. They'll, they'll end up actually stuffing up three points and. And it, it's happening again, and Evertonian is not not too happy. But with Roberto Martinez, his mantra is about resting on the ball, keeping the ball in possession, pressing high. So I don't I don't know what what they're trying to do, sitting that deep, particularly with their defence. One year older, this time's one year older. Gareth Barry, now he was great last season, but he's one year older. So in the last two games, he has not looked that great. He could improve as he goes, but. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit, a few worrying signs of Everton's defence. They, they were conceding a lot of silly goals well, last season as well. Is that the start of last season, from memory, they started that season with three or four draws as well, and there was a lot of grumbling about the Martinez style of play that he was only getting them draws, and obviously then they turned it on and did quite well. Um, so I'm wondering if we might see a repeat of that this season. But I mean, as you say, this stand is what 36 now. Gareth He's like Barry, 67, mate. The wrong way, wrong side yeah. of 30 as well. I mean. Yeah. They're not spring chickens. And Gareth Barry's done what Gareth, Dar- Gareth Barry does best and injured Ross Barkley in training. <laughs> Just probably, you know, as a non They're Evertonians. They don't know any other way to play. Yeah. That's how they play. So it will be, yeah, it's going to be interesting because, of course, it's a similar story for both sides. Um, sorry, that's my phone going off. Uh, it's, an interesting, it's a similar story for both sides. How professional. I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's me right down to a T, isn't it? Um, Evan giving up a two-goal, well... Drawing 2-2 with Leicester and then with Arsenal. And Arsenal coming from behind late in the game to, to get a point in both of their ending games as well. So, interesting signs for both sides. And, of course, Everton with Chelsea this week will have a big te- test on their hands. Um, and we'll talk about Chelsea now. Uh, and Costa and how he started his Chelsea career so well uh, with two goals in two games. Yes, he appears to be the anti-Torres, which is what Chelsea fans have been hoping for. Every striker's anti-Torres. <laughs> I mean, Chelsea sure. for a little while were looking like a graveyard for strikers because, I mean, Torres went there and didn't do that well, and and they had um, Denver Bar who wasn't scoring many goals. Yeah, Anto did okay, but you know, um, yeah. How are we seeing Chelsea? I mean, they've kind of started the season how a lot of people would have expected them to in terms of Fabregas, 
and Costa and Hazard starting quite well. Again, we expect them to win the league. That's pretty much how I see it anyway. I mean, they've got a solid team all around. I mean, Courtois come in, been very good. I expect Hazard to win the best player in the league, the PFA award, at the end of the season. I mean, it's just, again, they've got quality all around and Mourinho knows what he's doing. And I think um, Jats wanted us to give a little shout-out to big man Gary Taylor-Fletcher, who uh, didn't put Paddy Kenny to shame. It was, it was uh, a nice big body on the pitch for Leicester late in the game. How uh, could you How could you let Chelsea run through the midfield when he's on the pitch? I don't understand. I don't understand how he's a Premier League footballer. I think, as, as Jats said, how he has a contract for a Premier League club in that sort of shape boggles the mind. I don't know, maybe, he, maybe you're hoping to get him to be wide enough so he just covers the entire goal. <laughs> Unless the suggestion wasn't he could just lie down in front of the goal and give parking the bus a new definition. He'll um, plug the holes. He'll plug the holes in there. <laughs> um, but on a serious note, I mean, it wasn't a bad performance from Leicester. They went to the bridge and actually looked to attack. They looked, you know, attractive playing their football. They didn't sit back and defend like some teams might do. Um, so it's it's good signs if you're a Leicester fan. Yeah, certainly. I mean, they had a go, and that's they they look good. They they're nice movement off the ball. They're technically on the ball. Their players are all very competent. They they're very they're very unlucky that Nugent, that guy Nugent kept missing every chance there is. That the, probably the game plan was go out, hit Chelsea, get a goal, and probably just sit back. They yeah. couldn't get that goal. And once you try to go toe to toe with Chelsea at their own turf, eventually the quality will tell. They just have better finishes. They're better end products. They do you. And that's how it happened, which is unfortunate. But I can see, I, if they can, if they can keep it up, uh, they should stay up because there, there are a few. I think Burnley is going to struggle. I think QPR is going to struggle. So it's probably one side left who's probably going to be on a third spot. I think, I think Leicester's got to jump on everyone else. They look, they look a good squad. I mean, if they can get past, they've got a pretty hard start to the season, but I think that point against Everton last week will probably be quite valuable in keeping them just a little bit ahead of the rest of the pack, uh, at least in the, in the early weeks. Because I think they've got Arsenal next, if I'm not mistaken, or something yep. like that. Yeah, Arsenal so, so uh, it's an interesting start for Leicester, and we'll see how they go. Um, but the last game I wanted to touch on uh, was obviously the game from Tuesday morning our time, which was Man City against Liverpool. And cool, did I think you're probably going to be the best to... Um, to talk us through this game, so how did you see it? Uh, <laughs> well, oh, I was a little bit delirious because it was early in the morning, but um, it was interesting. Uh, it, it wasn't what I expected. It was re- it was kind of cagey for the first forty minutes. Like, apart from the odd chance, two sides were kind of feeling each other out. Not much was happening. Liverpool wasn't. We were kind of. We weren't going a million miles or an hour direct going forward like we were last season. We are kind of just sitting back, just trying to feel Man City. And the City was kind of like, these guys can counter us, so we're just going to sit back as well. We're happy to have the ball and just knock it around and try to feel it around. And that nothing really happened for the first 40 minutes until that mistake, basically until the first goal, where it was really poor from Gerrard, who did not track David Silva's run in the box, and then Moreno should have cleared a ball, and who had a good game at that point, but then one mistake against a side like City, who was so clinical, one chance and they, they score a goal, and you suddenly chasing the game in the second half, they just hit us on the counter all day, we'll go for trying to get a goal, and they just sucked at us, for the whole game, 
And we was not new to us. Liverpool were really bad defensively. I mean, the first goal was bad, the second goal was worse, and the third goal was the worst. Just completely terrible defending. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know if it was you or John who posted that image of the um, the defensive line for the second goal where you can see oh. Lover and, and um, I can't remember who the other defender was. Who Skirtle and Johnson. And Skirtle and Johnson sit back, yeah, and they yeah. just let they just played Jovetic in. That was... It's basically... What you have is, with Lovren, his instinct is to defend on the front foot. He, he steps forward. When we've, we, we first played him in Dortmund in a preseason game, the whole side was noticeably defending at a high line. Cause he was, cause we bought him as the organizer. He's apparently the commander. He's gonna, yeah. he's gonna organize everything. He's gonna be cool. But there's no point being a commander if no one listens. Obviously, Skirtle and Johnson weren't listening. And, so they kind of went in behind, just went in behind and scored. And it kept happening, but I mean, it's got to be some sort of, some sort of consensus on how they're going to defend because Skirtle naturally, instinctively wants to drop deeper. That's how he defends. He likes to sit back and just make last ditch tackles and interceptions. But Lovren steps up. They've got to, they've got to get some sort of an agreement on how they want to defend. Otherwise, it's just going to keep happening. Any chance we could see Sacco step in instead of Skirtle if, if it's going to keep happening? I don't know who is going to go out. I don't think, well, Lovren won't go out because you just signed him for 20 million pounds. And so it could, but Skirtle's in an alright game. I thought it was actually the best defender yesterday out of the four. So it's kind of, it's kind of weird with Skirtle. He would have like a game where he stops everything. Then he'll score an own goal. Like, you'll <laughs> yeah. make a mistake. Yeah. It's so weird with him. And so, it, I don't know what we're going to do with that defense at the moment. It's a, it's a big problem for Brendan Rodgers to solve. You, you, you got, you got, well, we're lucky Johnson got injured. I'm, I'm not yeah, wishing. I think, I think a lot of Liverpool yeah. supporters think that, yeah. I'm not wishing any ill, ill will towards him or wishing anyone gets injured, but he was really bad yesterday. He lost the ball every time he went forward. And so, it'll, it'll help if you play someone better right back. But I don't, I don't know what you're going to do with a, cent- with a central defence. I mean, there's there's a bit of a problem early doors, but they could solve it. They could not. Who knows? Who knows? Um, we might move on then uh, from reviewing those games. Obviously, there were some other games played, but uh, didn't catch our eye. <laughs> we'll move on now to our topic for the week, uh, which I think Cookson will either enjoy or hate, uh, which will be talking about where Man United are at. Uh, we talked about well, it a little bit earlier in regards to the Sunderland game, but we want to take a bit of a broader look at it now. Uh, and we might start with a bit of a fallout from this morning's result, the unbelievable 4-0 loss to MK Dons. Um, I understand the manager said that he wasn't surprised by the result, Cookson, but do you really see that as justifying that sort of scoreline? Well, it shouldn't happen, but I expect it, because you look at the lineup, and I mean, a lot of the players playing that we played essentially our reserves team. That was on the whole the reserves team, apart from De Gea. But shouldn't you still be beating a League One side? Depends. I mean, a lot of those players are at League One standard and lower because... Are they? Well, they are you. So, I mean, we loan most of them out to championship teams, League One teams. Well, championships and League One. What's really concerning to us, though, is that they... Really, he said it'll take three months. Louis Van Hull has always said it'll take three months. Judge me after then. I mean, they're still getting used to that system of 3-5-2, which I want it... Personally, I want to change to 4-3-3. Do you reckon that'll happen now that you've got Di Maria? Yes. 
So Di Maria changes. He's going to throw out the three-five-two that he's been preparing. Yeah. Di Maria changes everything for us, pretty much. Well, where does Matter play if you're going to play four-three-three? I don't know, because Matter was probably a panic <laughs> buy. Yeah, that's not the I just don't understand. Well, that's what Di Maria as well. That's the thing. It's like you're looking at you're looking at the problems that United have are at centre back and defensive midfielders, and they're throwing money at attacking midfielders, and they're just stacking them up, and they don't know what to do with them now. Now we're making a really. This is what's happened. Uh, there have Arturo Vidal's agent. Yeah, I mean that. that stuff. That was the signing you needed. Why? I just if you were going to go for it's either happened. Di Maria or Vidal, you go for Vidal. You go for both, or you go for both if you can. But um, that was the other question I want to ask. Is I mean, obviously it's early days, and this is a sort of a panic stations question. But is there any risk that you could become the next Leeds? The amount, no. of money, the amount of money that you're throwing around at these players, if you can't get Champions League back within the next few years, do you not see any risk of the debt just stacking up? No, because pretty much the debt's like it's somewhere around pretty much is at a completely manageable level. I mean, just being in the Premier League alone will get rid of it, and I don't really see us getting relegated anytime soon. I mean, what happens is we need to change pretty much... Every single level of the club, from like the under what are under tens, has been completely ripped up by Louis Van Gaal. Jeez, Doesn't I mean he's tra- he likes he's tra- he likes to rip things up. That guy, yeah. yeah, literally changed every level of that club. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's a bad result losing four but I've seen far worse on Ergie. To put it to put it in perspective, David Moyes never lost a game by four goals. Any well, because he, game. because David he tries to put ten men behind the ball. So we were crossing it 80-odd times against Fulham. You still got points against them? Yeah, but that was beyond terrible. I mean... <laughs> well, Fulham were kind of like... Yeah. yeah. You see what he's trying to do. He wants to get... Like, we were passing the ball forward. I mean, I can handle... it away in defence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the point. Johnny Evans was... Just, yeah. I mean, but that's the thing, though. I mean, the younger players on the side, they were passing it forward, playing with confidence. They were making mistakes, but... I'd rather, much rather that than, you know, playing David Moyes, hoof it up, and hope something happens. Okay, I mean, so it's just... I, I want to ask you, I want to ask you, you say that Van Hal has three months. Pre-season, I asked you the question, what would it take for Van Hal to get the sack, and you said nothing, he'll be in there at the end of the season because United have learnt their lesson from David Moyes. If you fail to get three points against Burnley this week, and you go into the game, I think it's QPR you have next after that, and if you fail to take three points against QPR... So you start the season with three points out of four or five games. Do you, you seriously have to start to look at Van Hal and wonder if he's the right man, don't you? No, if you get to a, if, you, if you get to a point where you're seriously in, in, you know, in a situation like Liverpool was under Roy Hodgson. No, because Boy. there's a bit of a difference between Hodgson and Van Hal. One wins trophies, one doesn't. Yeah. And mm. you got to remember, Bayern Munich, he started out pretty much exactly the same, incredibly slow, then bang, one week... Everything changed. But but do you think they had a better youth setup to work in? They had Schweinsteiger, they Thomas Muller. They had kids that he could promote. Is there any kids in United that can actually do that, apart from Yanazide? Yep, we had James Wilson. Okay. We had pretty much when he came on for Welbeck and, Welbeck and Hernandez, they created nothing between them all game. He came on, he had like three shots within five minutes. Well... To be fair, Welbeck and Hernandez were never really renowned for creating any goal-scoring opportunities. I mean, Welbeck just runs around a lot. That's how he makes his name as a footballer. And then there's just... Still, it's just far better. I mean, we had young Andres Pereira. 
who was 18, was playing attacking midfield and looked pretty, he was pinging the ball around, passing it very well. I mean, there's youth there. I mean, Van Gaal will play him. It's just... I thought Johnny Evans stunk the place out. Johnny Evans was really bad. He came back from injury, but he's still... It was the captain of the day. But first goal. Fourth goal, he got nutmeg for it. I mean... I mean... And he's going to... He could start at centre-back in the first team. So, you know... I just don't want Evans... Evans shouldn't be starting, personally, if I have my way. I mean... I don't think any one of them should be starting. Oh. Jones, who look really good, probably it'll be Rojo, who'll be next. Rojo. Until he gets his work permit, which is some reason I don't know what's happening in England. Probably on a hold there or something. And Blackett, who, there are, is probably I'm making a big call, big statement, will probably captain Manchester United. Do you I think mean, in just, 10 years' time that's actually an achievement? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trolling. We'll be back up. But it's just... Like, he was first game, like, he was giving, he was yelling and commanding, like, players 10 years his senior what to do, where to do it, and not take any shit from anyone. I'm going, that's what you want from a centre-back, you know, you want a commander. I'll, I'll, so, final, I'll just, final question before we move on. Um, do you see this season as ending up better than last season under David Moyes, and why? Well, yes. I mean, Van Hal has already stated he has a plan. I mean, Moyes was just... Oh shit! I have no idea what I'm doing. We've all but, seen the photo. Yeah, but do you think that maybe that's because you didn't give Moyes enough time to settle? Because oh, he, no. he had to come I mean, in. He had to come in straight after Ferguson and completely <laughs> shake up that squad. Yeah, but he had signings lined up for him, where he could have just pretty much continued on. He makes those free signings and said, "What? Garay, Thiago, Strootman. He's in for. He's still working at United. He gets lauded as probably someone that oh he's continuing on the legacy. It, like he ripped." Like, the thing with Moyes, he brought in everyone from Everton, which is just sheer stupidity. I mean... Which Van is fantastic. It's yeah. fantastic. Van Aal's brought in quality people who's worked for Ajax, Munich, the Dutch football team. I mean, very smart, very good people. I mean... But so basically, but what you're saying is that you're just saying, with hindsight, the people that Moyes brought in from Everton weren't good enough. But with, you're basically saying that Van Hal's done the same sort of thing. He's ripped up the system at United. He's brought in his people. How, who are you to say that 12 months from now you won't be saying the same thing about Van Hal and saying, oh, you know, he brought in all of his own guys and they weren't very good and, oh, United are down in the shitter now because of it. Because Van Hal, again, once again, Van Hal has a fully clear idea and plan. Moyes was just, yeah. Moyes, what? He marginalised Robin Van Persie. He marginalised Michael Barrick, Nemanja Vidic, Rio Ferdinand, Patrice Aragon. Like They're not there. Yeah. But still, he marginalised pr- pretty much. Uh, he was a big Rooney fanboy, then he signed Matter. That was his going to be thing. It was like Rooney, Matter, everyone else. He just, he came in, the players didn't respect him. I mean, that's plainly obvious. It's just Moyes. Like, he's probably, he's a good bloke, he's done good things with Everton, but ultimately, uh, he was shoved into that, he was shoved into a job that he couldn't do. Well, well, he was, he wasn't, sh- well, well, he was picked by, you know, the man who is Manchester United, so. I maintain though, if Fergie didn't want Moyes, Moyes was like option five on his list probably. He was going, oh shit, he's there, I oh, will grab him. Which is true, but yeah. I don't want to go there personally, but problems are more deep rooted in Man United than just the manager. Just the squad is just completely. I mean, you look at the midfield, you look at the defense. It's 
And that's it's a, a shambles. That's the thing is that they're, well, they're not looking at the midfield. They're not looking at the defense, and they're just stacking more attacking mids in. Well, that's the thing. They have a lot of money. They spend more than anyone, yeah. almost more than anyone. More, more, you, more. you hope they'll improve eventually, but it's about how, how can you spend money? Yeah, how can you spend two hundred million and still have so many deficiencies in your squad? I, I find it very curious. And I mean, well, how much how much would it cost to bring Vidal? I mean, if that's going to happen, that would be what another presumably at least another forty million, thirty five, forty million yep. at the least. Um, forty million change, loose and, change. And and yeah, okay. And then you still have pretty much no centre backs. Oh, I think Vidal will cover a lot of holes though. He is yep. he is incredible. But yeah, they basically mm-hmm. yeah he basically. Vidal. Basically, they have no energy in midfield. Cleverly and Fletcher can't run. They can't do anything. And then with Huera, he has to adapt to a new league. They have no one in midfield that's going to run around the pitch and basically just do a lot of work both ways. And you need the England, and you need to sign someone who's like that, and Vidal's better than anyone in the world. I mean, yeah, Vidal would just be perfect signing, and also we're probably going to get blind, but he's just there for... Pretty much utility. I mean, play left back, can't play centre back, be a defensive midfielder. I mean, it's just our midfield though has been. He's a bit slow. Grossfully, yeah. But he's still. a bit physically, he's a bit slow, which is a concern. But uh, uh, he's a good player. He's a good solid yeah. player. He'll give it his all. And he so, knows the just, style, so. Yeah. It, it yeah. I mean, just no midfield has been pretty much chronically underspent for years. Yeah. I mean, chronically, and we bought some bog average players. I mean. Young looked a bloody world beater at Aston Villa. Now he's just shit. Valencia, who's gone. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> he was one of the, he was bloody fantastic a couple of years ago. He I reckon he came back far too fast from his leg injury, which was a serious break. Started out like a house on fire, then downhill ever since. Cleverly again started out good, one injury, then he's lost so much confidence. It's ridiculous. Fletcher again, he's. His, his heart's in it, his heart and his spirit's in it, but... His body's shot. It's, yeah, his body's saying, nah, mate, we're cooked, get stuffed. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just... Again, we should have spent money on a midfield. I mean, January or so, we're probably going to get Strootman, which would be like... Again, literally anything would be better than our midfield right at the moment. Well, he has a knee injury, so it's a bit, it's a bit of a risk. He just came back yeah. on the ACL, so... That's why I went into January. We'll get Roman to give him a good pre-season. Um, since it's sort of on the topic, we might move on and talk about Man United against Burnley as the first game um, of game week three. Uh, surely we see, well, surely we would hope to see, depending on who you support, United picking up the three points in this game. Uh, would you say, Cooks, I mean, a pretty certain three points, despite the start? Yes. Di Maria will debut, which will be fantastic news for everyone all around. I still got no, I still... Well, I mean, we had the Real Madrid. He sent out a letter to Real Madrid fans, which is essentially saying to Perez, you're a bloody wanker, mate. Get stuffed. No uncertain terms, but yeah. I mean, I expect De Maria to start, Rojo to start, hopefully. It will be better then. It was just, we'll have much better players. We'll have a midfield, which is quite handy. What formation do you reckon they're going to play? I have no idea, to be honest. I mean, I'm pushing, I'm leaning towards 4 3 3. Start out with, but you're gonna drop someone. You're gonna drop one of them, Percy and Rooney. You're gonna drop yeah. Mata. Well, Mata has to be fitted in somewhere in the middle, in the hole, number ten. I Unless you're shutting him, you can shut him out left, but then he's not as good. Yeah, he's got no pace. Yeah, exactly. 
I'll it's a lot of problems, up. a lot of things for them to solve. We'll see what happens. It'll be very interesting to see how they line up. Absolutely. Um, what's our what's our tip for the schoolboys? Five nil. Four. Chelsea one, two, one, three, one. two one two one Burnley. Come on. Two one Burnley. Come yeah, on, I'm boys. liking I'm liking the Burnley win here. Mm. Or at least on goal. I see an on goal somewhere. Yeah. On goal from United. Di Maria on goal. Yeah. <laughs> Not that would be sweet. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, moving on to uh, the next game, which is Man City against Stoke. Uh, not not too solid a game to get too excited about. Um, we probably see a Man City win in this game. Any any big talking points that we can say? Easily a Man City win, you think? Because I don't think Stoke has had a pretty they, they, the away record was shocking last year. I don't expect it to be any different. Man City are just imperious at home. They're absolutely bad to them. And Jovetic is one to watch. He's had a pretty good start to the season. Yeah, yeah, he looks fit. He's fit for once, and he's, he's a clever player. He he knows he works the channels well. He he, he does a lot of things well. Jovetic is a good player. Uh, it will be interesting whether whether Alguero comes straight back in for Checo or him. Oh, I tell you what, Aguero's minutes to goal ratio for this season already, I think it's two goals in 30 minutes of play from three shots on target. It's just phenomenal. Best striker in the league. Absolutely. But will he remain fit? Really, mm, that's good. the thing. Yeah. Their title hopes could rest on it. Yeah, absolutely. If they can get him fit, I, I think, I think they could win the league. Who knows what Chelsea does? But I think both of them will get 90 odd points. Then at that point, it's just lottery. Whoever, whoever wins it. Yeah. I mean, toss of a coin. So perhaps a 2 3 0 win to Man City in this one, we think? 3 0. Yeah, 3 0. Um, the next game is Newcastle against Crystal Palace, and you'd hope that Crystal Palace will decide on a manager pretty soon. Um, saw on Twitter just before we fired up the podcast that Steve Clark has ruled himself out of the Crystal Palace job. And oh, you'd boy. Think, you'd think they'd be digging the bottom of the barrel after that one. They could go to Moyes. I mean, why not? Yeah, well. What? Yeah. No one wants to manage him at the moment. Is it Neil Warnock has been set to name as boss, as I just checked, 29 well, minutes yeah, ago? Yeah, well, I, th- I think yeah. he's the name that's being floated around, and I thought he'd retired. That's interesting. It's very interesting. He's coming out of retirement. He's going to say Palace. Yeah. Say <laughs> Palace to, yeah. next year in the championship. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. I hope Palace stay out. Uh, well, it will be diff- I reckon it'll be difficult for them to stay up, to be honest. I mean, especially after they haven't looked too inspiring to start the season, going down to West Ham as well. Um, they look yeah. pretty good against Arsenal, though. Well, that's the thing. That was, that was the surprising thing. The thing I reckon about that game, though, is that Pulis would have had them set up to play Arsenal. And so there might have been some hangover from Pulis that the players were actually pretty well geared and pretty well set to go against Arsenal under his sort of strategy. And Kick the next week and against West run. Ham. Kick and run. That's probably the game plan. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and, and the following week against West Ham, they didn't look too crash hot. What's your what's your take on it, Cookson? Newcastle will win. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I honestly Newcastle. expect yeah, the northern French town of Newcastle to beat Londoners. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the next game is QPR against Sunderland, so the other northern side against another London club. Uh, QPR also looking to get off to a... You know, get off the bottom of the table, I suppose, with some points against Sunderland. You'd think if they can't get a result against Sunderland at home, it's going to look a pretty grim season for QPR fans. It's an early six pointer, isn't it? I mean, uh, uh, Sunderland's look good. Like, the past two games look look pretty capable, whereas QPR just looks completely rubbish. So they they would need to they they hope they're going to pick something up. Otherwise, they're in some early season trouble, basically. 
I mean, that, that's it. They wouldn't be want to be too adrift at the bottom of the table because we were talking earlier about Leicester's hard start to the season. QPR's had a pretty comparatively easy start to the season, and you think when the fixtures start start evening up and they play some of the tougher teams, um, they'd be in a bit of trouble. Yeah. Yep. So expect Sunderland to win, really. Expect Sunderland to win? Could be an yep. interesting one. I'll say draw. I'm just going to go with my gut and say draw. Yeah, I can see a But I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised if Sunderland wins, so... Well, yeah. Uh, the next game's not a not a high flying game in, in Swansea and West Brom. Um, West Brom have actually surprised me a bit in how they've started the season. I, I really tipped them to struggle, and they've actually looked half decent at least. Um, how do we see this one playing out? Probably a draw because Pepe Mel loves a draw. Yeah, he does. They got. I think they got the most. They got fifteen draws or something last yeah, season. Yeah, two two draw. He's mastered the two two draw. Yeah. He's going to two two draw their way out of the relegation zone. I've always wondered if a side could go the whole season undefeated with 40, uh, 38 draws and get 38 points and, and somehow still get relegated. I like maybe to see it. Let's see it. Let's try. bank on it. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. So, so two two draw with Swansea in this one. All right. Yes. Um, <laughs> the next one. The next one to talk about is West Ham against Southampton. Southampton have had a bit of a mixed start to the season, I suppose, because they had they looked all right against Liverpool and then drew against West Brom, as we're just talking about. Um, and West Ham as well have had, an, uh, had an, an okay start to the season as well. So it's an interesting one. How do we see this one? I see the Liverpool B team winning. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, West Ham at home could be could be promising. Do we know when Andy Carroll's due back? Is he due back, due back anytime soon? No idea. No, no idea. Uh, I don't think it'll make that big of a difference. I mean, he's been injured for, for a long time, for, for a lot of times. They did look all right when he came back in, was it halfway through last season? They started to pick up a couple of points with him in the team. That is true. They they were looking like they were going to get relegated at some stage last season. Yeah, and then they, I think they won and four in a row or something. Yeah. I think it was Kevin Nolan that scored a few. Yeah. Off, off Andy Carroll's beats. Yeah. So, but then Nolan's out for quite a while as well. So I don't... I, I, it's going to be one of those games where they're just going to huff and puff a lot. Because uh, Southampton is... a Strong midfield that runs a lot. West Ham loves to run, loves to throw themselves around. So it's probably going to be one of those games where it's just more like a rubbish match, probably. Yeah, I could see this one being a 1-0 maybe to Southampton. That sort of game, really. 1-1. One, 1-1, one. One, one, yeah, yep. something like that. And on, and on Andy Carroll, with Di Maria signing, he moves out of being one of the top 20 most expensive players Isn't of all time. Isn't it a relief? It's <laughs> a great relief for the world. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Liverpool is very the side relief. It's another yeah. sad thing too. It's Combined not sad. What are you talking about? <laughs> there's no sad. There's no sadness involved in this. that. Whole, that whole uh, a sum of money must have been cursed because it was the money that I think Liverpool got for Torres. Correct yep. me if I'm wrong. Was then used to buy Andy Carroll. So yep. Torres at Chelsea has suffered, and Carroll at Liverpool suffered, and now is suffering at West Ham. It's just that yeah. sum of money. I don't know what um, Newcastle ended up doing with it, but I'd, I'd be interested to see who they ended up buying <laughs> it. Goes, with it it goes in what, what's his name's pocket. Yeah, it goes in Mike Ashley's pocket. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, Probably just yeah. buying a couple of lattes with it. Yeah, well, exactly. Probably, you know, burnt, burnt <laughs> coffee or something. Here's a funny thing. Using though. it as toilet paper. <laughs> Here's another funny thing. Combined yeah. transfer fee to Andy Carroll, the fifth has been for fifty million. Jeez. For that yeah. money, add ten million, you could have bought Di Maria. Fun fact. <laughs> well, I don't know whether that says more about how much you spend on Di Maria, but um, talking about clubs that like to spend a lot of money, we've got Everton up against Chelsea, uh, which could be an interesting one because we could have Lukaku and Eto lining up against Chelsea. 
Uh, it, it's actually promising to be quite an interesting game, this one. I reckon yeah. Lukaku's going to have a point to prove. Lukaku I mean, he's going, he's going to be angry for that game. Like, potential to be carded, yes, but I reckon Everton's going to win. Nah, they'll, they'll lead 2-0 and then give it away. <laughs> well, of course, I was going to ask for your completely impartial opinion. Cool, dude. Not at all. <laughs> How do you think Everton will go in that one? Yeah. So we could see another we could see another draw for Everton. We could see them choking for a third week in a row. Well, it'll be an interesting one because Chelsea went there last year. I remember watching that game. Uh, Chelsea missed like every chance they got, and Everton scored with one. That's and, yes, that was yeah. Milovic set up Naismith for the only goal of the game. I do remember. Yeah, exactly. Naismith. I like that. I like that guy. Who scores big goals. You probably bank some money on him scoring <laughs> this weekend again. But yeah, who knows? I I think. Everton will look to play. They always look to play. Maybe maybe Mourinho will be a little bit more pr- pragmatic and try to you know hit them on the break. But I can't see it. I, I think I, I think I think Everton will hold themselves well. But Chelsea might just be too strong. Because Everton's defense still worry with the with Chelsea's front three. Probably is probably going to be a threat to them. It will be a test. But I think I think a draw is a good bet for this one. Yeah. Nobody's. We could beat Chelsea. We can beat Everton. Uh, The next game is Villa at home against Hull Uh, This will be an interesting one I think because um, Obviously without Really? Interesting? (laughs) (laughs) It's blockbuster It's going to be great Great football It's going to be great football on display It will be You watch the domination of the 3-5-2 come out again Oh yeah Um, All the the hooving Running (laughs) to the Running Hooving to the sky We've got our second leg of the Europa <laughs> on Friday morning where we, we might even look to play a full-strength side given the fact we're 1-0 down in that and really need the win. So it could be interesting in the sense that we might not actually be able to play a full-strength side against Villa or at least we'll see how much Europa has an effect on our Premier League form. Um, I am interested to see how we go with 11 men on the pitch for the full 90 minutes playing that 3-5-2 against Villa because I think it will be quite something. Uh, we saw it for about 10 minutes against Stoke. We did not hoof the ball. We passed it around. <laughs> it was very reminiscent. When I saw the highlights later, it was very reminiscent of the way that Spurs played QPR off the park. Uh, it was very, very good to watch. Except it wasn't 4-0. Well, it wasn't 4-0, but, you know, if we'd had 11 on the pitch, who knows? Who knows? Uh, and good news for, for the all of the Hull City supporters that listen to this, because I know there's hundreds of them, um, with Abel Hernandez uh, reportedly undergoing his medical at the moment and sources in Italy actually already reporting that he has signed for Hull. So that's quite an exciting one, I think. He's, um. I have no idea who he is. He, he had yeah. a promising <laughs> career from a few years ago. He's a very pacey young striker, been playing with, uh, Palermo, I think. Palermo in Italy. Uh, yeah. he was apparently a target of United a few years ago. Um, but he's more one that people might know from football manager. But so was Bebe, so that means nothing. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. He's, he's got a pretty decent strike rate. Um, he's had a few injury problems, but 9 million, I think, we're spending on him. So, uh, we're putting all our eggs in one basket and hopefully it pays. Well, it's still, it's still, it's still three quarters of what you've got for long. Yeah, well, exactly. It's cheap. And, and the rest of the money that we got from Long, we've spent on Michael Dawson. So, um, I think. Good signing. That those two signings could be quite good for us. When's the first, when, when are you going to see the first he is able pun that's going to come out? Uh, who knows? I think Gosh. I'll one in the coming days. I think as soon as he signs, it's going to get whipped out. Good, good I lord. I, I enjoyed the, um, comment from a Spurs supporter on, on the forum suggesting that we should take Harry Kane on loan from them and play Kane and Abel up front. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> 
uh, which would be quite enjoyable. I think there'd be a lot of headlines written about that if we managed that. Um, get Moses in as well. Get Moses Oh, in. Victor Moses might. Oh, gosh. And look, get if we him. have to, we'll take Jesus Navas as well from, from uh, Man City, if we have to. <laughs> I'll he can't cross, though. He can't get Neo cross. Yeah. Well, exactly. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris how, how do you guys see this one? Do you see, you, you probably see it as a nil-nil game, I suppose. I know, with the amount of punt you said, I see the biblical, I see a win of biblical proportions for Hull. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that myself, to be honest. I, I could see a 1-0 win either way, maybe. Apparently that is biblical proportions for Hull. Apparently we haven't scored a goal against Villa since the 80s, so there you go. Wow. I don't know how many times played them, but you know. How is it possible? How is it possible? <laughs> we got an own goal against them last year. So as in, we scored a goal, but it was an off a Villa player. Um, but we haven't actually scored a goal from one of our players since 87. That is interesting. That, that will, so that would be interesting. I think even if we don't get a point, if we can get a goal, I'll be pretty happy with that one. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna swear you, you guys are gonna score now. Yeah, okay. yeah well, I hope so. Um, <laughs> the, the lesser game on at that same time is Spurs against Liverpool. But I suppose some of you might be watching that one instead. Um, will be a really interesting game, which is at White Hart Lane, to see how Pochettino goes against one of the bigger clubs. It is it is a bit of a danger, isn't it? I like Pochettino. He, they're basically watching them against QPR. Just reminds me of when the way he set up his Southampton side, except with better players. It's, it's gonna crazy how quickly he's got Spurs to settle to his style. Yeah, well, good managers do that. I mean, when, when we're talking about Louis Van Gaal, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no deep or anything like that, but. I'm just saying. Call, call back when he's won trophies. <laughs> okay. Champions cool. leagues. Leagues. Or a pre-season trophy. Yeah. Or if Tottenham can get into the top four. <laughs> anyway, yeah, basically, um, yeah, they, they're going to be a lot of threats on the break. They look really they look really threatening on the break against QPR. There's a lot of pace there with Lamella, Verrickson, even Chudley. I'm not a big fan of Chudley, but he, yeah. With Adebayo as well, and Adebayo seems to have good games against Liverpool, so probably put some money on him scoring or something. But I think the back four can be got at. I mean, if they're going to play Danny Rose, then I'll like us to put Sterling on him, because I think Sterling uh, played a, quite a good game last season against other Norton or Rose. He ripped he ripped them apart when we won, we belted them 5-0. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where Balotelli starts, because... Well, apparently Rogers says he's in, he's, he's in incredibly good shape. Well, he always looks in good shape, and he loves to show it. I, mean, I was about to say, he loves to win yeah. the shirt off, doesn't he? Exactly. He, he even made a statue of it. Oh, he, the, the guy loves his shapes. And, yeah, basically, we'll see how it happens. I, I think at the moment the Liverpool side's not looking too forward. We, we seem to be... It's like missing a £75 million striker up front. Yeah, I can't and, put my finger on it, but there's something that you're missing. Yeah. So you would think probably just big, one big attacking threat short up front. Maybe we'll have play that. Hunger for goals. You don't have any bite and attack, I suppose. Well, no, here comes the biting fans. Uh, <laughs> well, sure. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know what to say now. Yeah. <laughs> we might move on then to... Uh, well, actually, first I'll get the tip. Cookson, what do you reckon the score will be for this one? Ooh. Yeah, 3-3. Three, three. Why not? Let's go mental. I'll say 2-2. Two, two. I, I could actually say... Because Pochettino with Southampton did like to go for the quite tight defensive... Uh, tight, tight... Quite tight defence. I could see maybe a one 0 to Spurs. To be honest, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm not confident. I'll say. It'll be an interesting. It, one, yeah. We'll do well to get a point. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then the last game to round it all off is Arsenal against Leicester um, at the what is it? The King Power Stadium, I think it's called the Leicester Stadium. 
Chats would know. Um, <laughs> do we see any chance of Leicester getting a point out of this? I mean, Arsenal have looked pretty shaky, and with Giroud going down, maybe a weakness for, Le- for Leicester to capitalise on? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't really don't see where Arsenal are going to score their goals from. I mean, got Sanchez, who's a winger, but... And Ramsey, I suppose. Again, they need... Benga needs to splash money on a striker, which probably ain't going to happen. He won't. That's what, yeah, there's won't. all that talk of, you know, Falcao or um, Remy, I think, was another one linked. but Falcao will go to Real. Yeah. Mm. I think it's all well, on the paper. Too. Oh, they well, got, what's it? Ziggich has now been linked from Birmingham? Yeah. That's a funny one. <laughs> well, loads <laughs> of strikers are going to be linked to them now. I think Croak was quite happy with the Ziggich link. <laughs> a top four team in England can't buy a striker. I mean, that's this. I mean, you surely if you're an Arsenal fan, you are buy a striker, Arsene. Stop being stingy. They should go for like Remy. Yeah, I, I reckon Remy would be a good fit, as we were talking about earlier. I mean, and he'll actually pass a medical. Oh, well, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of questions about that in terms of the medical at, at Liverpool. He'll pass it in Arsenal. Just, he would definitely pass it. Well, even if he failed it, I think Arsenal would just... Yeah, exactly. M- medicals are just, medicals are just, you know, dodgy. They've yeah, always exactly. been. Exactly. Mm. Um, Ars- Arsenal could score some goals on a counter, because the way... Leicester likes to go at them, and Arsenal. Arsenal's good at his away games. They they win a lot of these because they counter so well. So I'm, it will be a danger game for Leicester, I think. But I, I I'll tip a draw. I think Jats might li- uh, live to eat his words when he made fun of the fact that Arsenal might line up with Sonogo up front because I think Sonogo looked pretty good in preseason. He scored quite a few goals against he's Roma. He's going to score a hat trick now, isn't he? He is. He's going to go out and score a hat trick against Leicester. Yeah. And um, we promise we won't rub it in, Jats. We'll try not to anyway. Um, I, yeah, I could probably see a three or four nil Arsenal win. To be honest, I think I think as Whoa. you said, is that trolling or not? Oh well, you know who knows? Who knows? Wait, the BBC have come out. I just saw this on Twitter. Yeah, AFC unlikely to sign a striker despite Giroud injury. Well, yeah. there you go. That's a that's a mm. shock headline, isn't it? They're keeping Podolski, so yeah, we'll be he's not going to play striker, Bobby. Backup of the backups. I mean, he's never really been one to have depth in strikers, has he? I mean, even when they had Van Persie getting injured every second week, um, they didn't. They used Walcott and those sorts of players as makeshift strikers. Yeah, I mean, he just doesn't like to buy a full stop, doesn't he? He he prefers to keep the monies in his pocket. Um, But who knows? I think I think they they'll benefit from another experienced striker. I think Sanchez. He could try to convert Sanchez there, but. Who knows what's going to happen? There's a new league and stuff like that. So we'll see what Wenger does. He always pulls something out. Who knows? Indeed. Uh, any final thoughts, boys, before we sign off? Manchester United will not get a point against Burnley. Whoa. No, big words, big words from the guests. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, actually, reckon, here's the thing, though. Real Madrid will, be, will sign Falcao by Monday. I mean, that's fairly obvious. Yeah, that is very obvious, yeah. My call, I reckon, Arsenal will lose to best kick test tomorrow morning. <laughs> and Cruyff will not show his face. Yeah. I imagine so. I mean, just that's like you've got like a whole thing set off, just going to pray to that thing every day. Pray to your effigy, Steve Bruce. I will. He's in, he's in my corner in my room with his England managerial shirt on because it'll happen one day. And, you know, it'll happen, and I'm, I'm sitting there praying to it, and Arsenal will lose the best kick test, they'll be in the Europa League with us, and then they'll get knocked out in the groups. We'll go on to win the whole thing. I don't think they get into the Europa League. They do. They do. From this stage onwards, uh, from last stage onwards, yeah. in fact, Champions League teams who got knocked out uh, got entered into the Europa League. Yeah. 
That's right. So it's all a very dodgy system because it really doesn't promote success at all. It's the loser's league. Um, and I think, you know, Karma caught up to Celtic. We must fight, sign off with Karma caught up to Celtic and they lost this morning. Much deserved. Much so, deserved. Uh, there's actually talk that they could end up in the same Europa group as, is it Liège was the side they, they lost to? No, it's the Polish some side. Pol- uh, like Lichtia. Yeah. yeah, they could end up in the same group as them in the Europa League, so that would be there'd be a bit of feeling in those matches, I would think. They'll make sure they're no ineligible players. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it's we've certainly had two eligible guests along tonight, so thanks both of you for coming along. No worries. No worries. And thank you everyone else for listening. Um, and we'll see you again this time next week. Until then, see you on the forums.